You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. It is a round two preview edition. Dallas versus Seattle. How awesome is this that we can do a round two Preview. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by EP Ringside, Shap Shots, our NHL guru, Sean Shapiro. And what a great feeling, Sean. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's good to get uh, to to keep recording these with uh, purpose, with actual purpose, where we're talking about real games, we're talking about future games. And honestly, we've we've all been there before where... May 1st has meant let's uh, try to talk some prospects. And as much as we all love prospects, let's be honest, it's it's good. It's good to be it's it's feel good. It feels good to be prepping for another series uh, starting tomorrow night. I'm just saying I got a Spits and Suds listener. John sent me a message and it just said hashtag playoff cricket. (laughs) (laughs) For those that don't know, when I was heading into the station on Friday night, there was a cricket inside the building. I grabbed it because it was still alive, put it outside. Cricket lives another day. We've seen that in St. Louis and various other venues when an animal enters, the whether it's a black cat, remember that in the NFL, mm-hmm. or uh, the squirrel in uh, St. Louis, and the Cardinals went on to great things. So I'm adopting the hashtag playoff cricket. Um, so <laughs> I thought, uh, but it's so awesome to sit here and do a playoff preview. Now, Brian Ray, who is on the Bally's broadcast, did tweet out. And I wanted to start with this because this is the headline. This is what people are talking about. I give the NHL a pass on round one start times due to the number of games each night. Two games Tuesday, both ESPN, ESPN2 is running repeat NFL draft coverage. The 8.30 p.m. Central start for Stars Kraken is a joke. You can You can stagger starts at reasonable times on both channels. Awful. And I wanted to get your thoughts on why this is happening. And if we look ahead, the reality is, is if the Stars should advance to the conference finals, you're looking at either Vegas or Edmonton. So that will be the late game as well. So that's one thing to uh, keep in mind. Can the NHL do some scheduling so that the Stars could be on an earlier start time? Um, do they have to acquiesce a bit to Seattle since they are on the very West Coast? And... Uh, what we talked about in round one, Sean, I mean, for to grow stars fandom in this town, it's, it's tough. It's kind of like when the Rangers go on the West coast and play the angels or the A's granted baseball's quicker now, but man, I mean, you're, you know, you're sitting there at 1130 at midnight. Kids can't stay up that late. Yeah. It's uh, now 
this is all about it, it's all it's all about being on the quote unquote mothership for ESPN. That's really what this is all about. It's the it's, it's playoff schedules and ratings. The reality is the stars stars cracking will get better ratings on ESPN um, than it would on ESPN two. And it would also, the NHL loves, loves, loves the doubleheader now, maybe to a fault sometimes, where they love the fact of, hey, you can watch the East Coast game and then it leads right into the other one. And um, it's kind of, uh, it's a frustrating reality of things um, where, and and it's also the NHL thinking, it's the NHL thinking small potatoes too much sometimes as well, where the NHL still thinks that still is in a space where they think about having to rely on keeping the East Coast audience up for the West Coast game, hence the back-to-backs and not channel changing. Mm-hmm. And then they also they overly worry about, well, hey, we're going to split the hockey viewer between the two. And when I would argue personally... I would argue to me, my favorite, even if it may split a little bit, but if someone's a true diehard hockey fan, one of the best times is when you've got a game starting at, um, you got, you got the game starting one game starting at seven, another one starting at seven 30. So you watch the first period of the one game, you flip over, instead of watching the intermission, you flip over to watch the other game and you just flip them back yeah. and forth. Like that to me is the best, is the best hockey setup. And then you get to pick what you, and then, so uh, it's it really is acquiescing to what works best for television and what the league thinks will drive the best rating. Um, it's unfortunately it's it's not long term thinking. I think too often the NHL thinks short term when it comes to decisions like this, as opposed to like I mean I've got like I say this as someone who's got I have I have a kid who's there's been a couple times where. Uh, it was the other night, uh, it was game. Yeah, it was game six of the Dallas. It was, a, it was cause it was a Friday night and she's up way past her bedtime and she was going to grandma and grandpa's the next night anyway. So I was able to, <laughs> I was, I was, I was able to, so she hung out and watched a little bit of, uh, of, of game six with me and in my office and everything like that, but still keep looking at the clock. And it's like, it's, I feel you gotta be a good parent, right? Like you gotta, you can't kids got to get some sleep and it's it's the le- it's the league and and sports just alienating a potential viewership group and 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 it's just a frustrating reality um i i, I wish that teams would push back a little bit further on it i wish that but as long as the league is not going to do it, the teams really don't have much teeth in it because the teams are making so much money off TV money. Now they're the teams are still going to sell the game out. So it's hard for them to come with a quote unquote real problem back to the NHL about this when there is a real problem, but it's not, it's not impacting the bottom line today or tomorrow. It's just, you just never know what hockey fan you're missing or potential future hockey fan you're missing by losing that eight-year-old kid who 
maybe would love to stick up and watch the be a, stay up and let, stay up and watch the stars. Yeah, does it does it also play in as far as like market size and market popularity? In other words, you know, the league obviously I mean, because everyone says like, oh, well, the league doesn't want Boston out. Well, I mean, that's probably factual based on ratings. I mean, there's a oh, lot. Yeah. Of, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, when you look at it. But, you know, I mean, the winner of New York, New Jersey, I would think would get the prime game based on the size of that market. They would get, you know, a, a solid early start over, let's say, a Vegas Edmonton or even Florida Toronto. You know, I mean, well, there's, there's so I mean, explain to us, the Stars fans, like how it's selected, because, you know, I mean, we follow the Dallas Stars and we love the Dallas Stars. And it's awesome. The Dallas Stars have gotten so many national games, so much more than when NBC had the contract. Yeah. However, you look at Dallas and outside of the DFW Metroplex, how much of a draw is it? I mean, it's still it's. It's still a better draw than like the Florida Panthers. Agreed. And stuff like that. Agreed. I mean, but when you pair them with the it, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. I mean, and Toronto's a weird market too, though, because um now the T- Toronto actually being Toronto actually is not a great North American market. For sorry, not sorry, is is not a great American market because people in Toronto don't they don't count towards US TV ratings. Right. Now, the now there is a huge uh, there is a massive TV deal in Canada too, so obviously that that comes into play for that when it comes to figuring out some scheduling, but really American viewership drives many of these discussions. Now, it's it's funny like I know that there are people um every year, right? The uh it becomes uh it, it alternates between Turner and ESPN and for the Stanley cup final and the, and whoever has the Stanley cup final will, will find a way to brag about the ratings and everything like that, how they were better than like, I know there are people at ESPN who they are praying. This is the year for an Edmonton Toronto final or something like that, because it'll be on TNT. It'll be two Canadian cities and the rankings will be bad in the United States. Just a reality of it mm-hmm. where, and then they would be like, so for, now, obviously, it hurts ESPN ratings for some later games because the Panthers aren't drawing nearly as much TV viewership as the Bruins were. But then, like the dream final for the brought like, and if we have any Devils fans listening, they're gonna hate this. Like ESPN and Turner are praying for the Rangers to win tonight, Game Seven. Yes. We're recording this on Monday before that game happens. So if you're listening tomorrow's. You know what happened, but ESPN and Turner are praying for that to happen. Um, the Devils are maybe in the New York, New Jersey market, but the Rangers are the biggest draw. The Rangers, the Rangers and Bruins, the Rangers, Bruins, and Flyers are the three three of the biggest TV viewership markets um, for hockey viewership in the United States. Those three, and so anytime, and Pittsburgh's up there too. Um, uh, Buffalo is Buffalo is actually pretty high in viewership market too, but Buffalo watches everything. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird outlier where it doesn't have to be the Sabres Sabres related yeah. for Buffalo to watch. Uh, but the NHL and the TV networks really, really want the Rangers to win. Uh, their dream scenario for the NHL coming out of uh, 
from a pure market standpoint right now, um, the Rangers, Rangers versus honestly, Dallas. It might be Dallas not, or Vegas. Dallas or or Seattle. I mean, Seattle's Seattle's already a top five revenue. Mm-hmm. Seattle's already a top five revenue market in this in the league. And and the other good thing, as we've rambled along here for Stars fans to know, if they win this series against Seattle, um, they will no longer be having to play on the same night as an Eastern Conference game because there'll just be two series left, and then the times will be good. Okay. It's just it's it's a reality of you're going to the first priority is getting something into prime time. The second priority is is stacking things so you can build that window by the NHL. And so right now, when you're have when you're still having two games a night, the NHL is making the decision that it's better to stack them on one prime network and try to give the quote unquote one stop shopping as opposed to uh, asking people to flip channels, which really isn't that difficult but that's what they're doing and it's still it, it still is it feels very much like an old what they did when they were on nbc sports and nbc sports didn't really have a good secondary channel so they had to do it but espn2 has carried nearly as much like if you go into a sports bar gavin right like one tv will have espn on it the other one will have espn2 it's not like that's uncommon mm-hmm. so um okay anyway, we, we've talked yeah yeah talked no a lot i mean about we've got yeah. into it just for yeah. people that don't yeah. know las vegas yeah. is in the pacific time zone Yep. Um, Edmonton is not. So little geography for you. It's 1146 as we tape this in Edmonton and uh, mm-hmm. 1246. So they're an hour behind us in uh, DFW. So that kind of uh, explains it. Yeah, I mean, we went off. But at the same time, Sean, I think this is important. This is a headline. This is what people are talking about. So, you know, there there is, I don't want to say concern, because I don't know if there's anything we can do about it, but I, I do think that Stars fans, you know, it's tough when you have to, because these are not 8.30 games. Uh, hopefully they turn into them, but, I mean, we're talking yeah. 9 o'clock start times, and that's that's tough. That's tough for people to get to the arena, and kudos to Stars fans. But, you know, at the same time, it, it would be nice to, you know, see a 7 or 7.30 puck drop. So uh, we will see what happens. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's get into Colorado and Seattle, the game seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, the other game seven, crazy. Bruins, uh, I think Florida was off by, God, how many, 40 points to the Bruins and came back. Just just miraculous. And that's what's so awesome. Um, We talked about this when on our Stars postgame show. When it comes to game sevens, anything can happen. And anything did happen. 
and they were two really cool games to uh, to watch. And uh, the Seattle-Colorado game specifically, because that's what we're going to focus on because that's who the Dallas Stars are playing. I really thought Colorado, for a good chunk of the first half of the game, controlled it. But Philip Grubauer, boy, what a story. Uh, previously playing for Colorado, just coming up huge for the Kraken. I thought he made some really nice saves. And then um the Kraken go up uh, two to nothing. And uh yeah, it was just it was just a it was a it was a good game. But is this the kind of Seattle that we're expecting kind of the bend don't break? Because, you know, there were times in that game where I'm like, how is Seattle not only hanging on, how do they have the lead in this game? Yeah, it, the Seattle team is uh you know the Seattle team there a lot was made obviously about the Colorado injuries that they dealt with, but also remember Seattle lost Jared McCann, one mm-hmm. of their best offensive players too. Um, Seattle is, um, is a team that they are more of the, they, they are more of the sum of their parts than the, they, they don't really have the superstar driven. Like I think Maddie Beneers will get there, but right now they're very much more, some of their parts, uh, very good, systematic way of playing where even when they're winning games it's not going to look like they're dictating the style they do a really good job of of uh kind of turning intentionally turning chaos i've actually been i was going through and i was watching some video on them today where one of their big things is they'll you'll see places where plays throughout where they try to turn and create off the turnover right away and go and it's uh it's a system that definitely works to create offense but it's a system that if you're just passively watching in the background and, and you're not paying looking and you're not looking for the building blocks of that you can it can look like seattle is really taking body blows quite a bit so um i would honestly expect a very similar series between dallas and, and seattle so the, stylistically um i i would expect a similar series i think dallas is a healthier team it has some facets of their game that colorado didn't that can really sting the kraken and for that reason i like i look at this series and once again i don't want to be someone reached the second round of the playoffs and they beat they beat a team that won the stanley cup last year so you don't ever want to write anyone off but this is a series where this the stars should come into this series with confidence because the stars have proven and time and time again and i think they've done it where they can play they can play any style of game and they can beat you. There's not many teams in the NHL can do that. And so even when even if Seattle wants to play more of a sit back and counter game, it's something that Dallas can do, especially if Joe Pavelski comes back healthy in before game one. And we'll see what happens with that. Um it's 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 a very interesting series because Seattle is a team that is built where I don't know who's going to be the person to make the play at crunch time, right? Like, you know how Rope Hints dominated the first round? Yep. If Seattle doesn't have that guy, you know how Miro Heishkinen dominated the game. Seattle doesn't have that. It's 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 a team or full credit Dave Haxtell, what they've done, and they've even done it with, in the regular season, they did it with subpar goaltending. Avi Grubauer was tremendous in first round against Colorado. But they've done it with, they've done it with a very simple way of, playing an approach that is that is built on minimizing excuses and then sorry minimizing mistakes 
and maximizing mistakes of others. Um, one of the things, like, for example, if you'll watch Seattle, and I'll try to, hopefully I can find a good clip of this and put in Shap Shots tomorrow. That's a, that'll be a good, that's a good plug right there. Nice. Uh, the, uh, you'll see, one of the things that Seattle tries to do is when teams come through the neutral zone, the minute a turnover is forced, they're jumping into transition right away. There's no delay whatsoever. It's, 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 it's very, it's very similar to that. And then um, when it comes to the power play, um, unlike the stars who have a couple, um, not stagnant, but a couple pieces that can be set up and, and move like chess pieces, uh, the Kraken rule, uh, rely a little bit more on basically controlled chaos on the power play entering kind of with that downhill approach with speed over and over because speed and chaos are something you have to rely on a little bit more when you don't have the skilled pieces, which, which so to be clear credit to the Kraken for understanding who they are and beating Colorado. And it's one of the reasons they beat Colorado. And it's one of the reasons that I think this series is, is fascinating because Seattle's a team that can be annoying and they will be annoying from line to line to line yeah. against against Dallas. Yeah, I think a lot of people will focus on Matty Beneers, uh, obviously the likely mm-hmm. Calder um, winner yes, for yeah. uh, top rookie. Yep. You know, my focus and for Stars fans out there, I want you to watch the third line of Seattle because I think this is could be a problem for the Stars. And that's Yanni Gord who is just a guy that's going to like very talented player over 40 points for the year. Um, I thought it was a terrific expansion. I believe they picked him up in expansion, Um, but he's just a, he's just a grinder and he's kind of that guy that's going to get under your skin, not in a bad way, but because how hard he works. And then you have Tolvanen and Bjorkstrand. And I want to give credit because earlier this year, Tolvanen was on waivers and Sean Shapiro brought up that this would be a nice pickup for the stars. Seattle ended up getting him. And now on the national shows, they're saying, you know, it was a good pickup for Seattle was Tolvanen and Sean Shapiro. You nailed that. I mean, the fact I put this on Twitter last night, watching that game, like the fact that he was available in two thirds of the league, basically passed on. Yeah. Him, like that's it's, <laughs> it's like, and Nashville completely misplayed that. Um, Seattle hopped all over it. Like it's that is where you find, and that is one of the reasons that is how an expansion team gets better. You find market inefficiencies like that. You take advantage of that. You take some risks that maybe other teams can't or won't. And that's what Seattle's done. Um, the other thing about Seattle that I watch too, and it's, I mean, he's one of their, bigger name players as far as Seattle goes, but it's been watching some of their, their film from the last earlier today. Like Jordan Eberle is so active in their offense. Yeah. Um, um, both even strength and power play the, the way he, uh, it's, it's a credit to Eberle, the way he, he goes and receives pucks and everyone kind of reads off of and feeds off his game and everything like that. It's, it's impressive. But it's it's also an interesting it's an interesting note too of how reliant they are on what Everly does, which is something where um, it will be interesting to see how the star now Pete DeBoer isn't a particularly big line matcher. He's someone who likes to go out there and say I rely I'm gonna 
put my best guys out there against your best guys and I'm going to win that battle. I'm not worried about that. And he has, and that's, that's, that's a great philosophy. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how the stars handle Everly when it comes to his play. Cause the way the stars, uh, the way the stars forwards are going to have to kind of manage the Seattle the stars are going to have to skate in this series. Let's put it that way. Like yeah. the fact that one of the things that was the, issues with Dallas and the Minnesota series early on was they didn't skate enough and they got outskated by Minnesota a couple times in games, uh, in games three and four, um, Seattle will make you pay for that. So you're going to have to skate more this series. You're going to have to get it done. Um, and the other thing you're going to have to do with, with, if you're Dallas with this Seattle team too, this Seattle team starts fast for whatever reason, Stars have started slow, Gavin. We know this, right? Yep. We, it's it's been something where it's not just this year. It's for for it seems to be like imprinted into the DNA of the franchise. They start games slow. Seattle scored first in every game against Colorado. Um, obviously, they also lost three games when they scored first. But the fact of the matter is, Seattle comes fast. They will start fast. They bring energy. You have to be ready for that because um, that's something that the Stars really. It's like a broken record type thing. Yeah. Stars have to start games better. Absolutely. So Jordan Eberle was two off his career best for points this year. The amazing thing about Jordan Eberle, he's 32 years old. He came into the league in 2010, Sean. I mean, yeah, that is just like, he's been around a long time. He's coming up on 1,000 games played in the NHL. Um, had a couple good years with the Islanders. I thought, you know, I mean, that wasn't really a high scoring Islanders team he was on. Um, but you know, he was one of their mainstays, one of their go-to guys, and then comes to Seattle and had a, a couple of good years. And I was just looking that over and I'm just amazed. And even in 2010, 2011, he played 69 games for Edmonton and you know, his Edmonton career was interesting, you know, had a couple good years and then it just kind of dropped off and kind of fell out of favor and you know then he went to the islanders and he's just been a solid nhl player and not really a player that's talked about a lot but uh, a real nice pickup for uh for seattle so i think that's a great point by you the other thing i um so my focus was on that third line and the other thing i wanted to talk about was defensively um the kraken have had a couple of you know players and you know i don't want to say revive their careers but anytime that some players go to an expansion team or or change. It's it's almost a it, it's a new beginning, and their defensive pairing. I mean, obviously from a Dallas standpoint, we look at Jamie Alexiak, but you know their first line pairing, Vince Dunn and Adam Larson. I think people forget that Adam Larson was so valuable at one point that he was one of the quote when there were those complete shutdown defensemen. He was traded from New Jersey to Edmonton for Edmonton's solution on defense for Taylor Hall. So a lot of people forget that that's how premier Adam Larson was at one time. The famous, the trade is one for one when, uh, when that came out the with, uh, with Larson. So, yeah, I mean, like any expansion team, Seattle is a, has a lot of like, there's there's a lot of good stories there. I mean, there's opportunities that with Larson, Vince Dunn's been great, the Tolvin and one, uh Grubauer kind of going there is, is is a good story for Grubauer too. Um the it's 
it's going to be interesting to see with the Kraken defense how they handle the Stars the Stars speed because that that's going to be another thing where as much as the uh Colorado are obviously a fast team they have Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. but as as fast as Colorado was at on one line the Stars bring more speed throughout the lineup than Colorado did, especially a very injured Colorado. So the fact that uh, the stars will be able to kind of push the pace a little bit against the, the Kraken defense, it's going to be interesting to see, see that battle, how that plays out. Um, it's it, these, these games are always interesting when you look at guys who obviously systems have changed and everything like that, but, and Jamie Alexiak, elected to go to Seattle, but it will be interesting to see Jamie Alexiak versus his old team. And um, I'm sure there's some tendencies that uh, from that's that Seattle players will pick Jamie Alexiak's mind on of what do certain players do and things like that. So, you know, I was just looking because, and it is true. One of the things that we, you know, focus on with the Dallas stars, how good they are in the faceoff circle and Seattle's Mm -hmm. kind of struggled in that area. That's going to be a big spot in this series. Now every now every series for Dallas is going to be um, playoffs, not playoffs. Uh, faceoffs are going to be a big key for Dallas in any series because they're so good at it. Um, but it is a space where I don't know if I don't know if that Colorado series goes seven games if Seattle's a better faceoff team because. That is a big um that that's the the face-off plays success on the face-off is something that Colorado is historically weak at. Colorado is very bad on face-offs. And the fact Seattle wasn't able to take advantage of that probably hurts it did. I watched, so it yeah. did hurt their overall offense. And so it was the the Seattle Colorado series was one where it was two teams that were bad at face-offs, so it wasn't really a factor it now becomes a factor in this series where Dallas can Dallas can continue to really make that a difference in this series. I mean, it literally helped Dallas win a game or two in the series against Minnesota, Yeah, just the way they, they dominate face-off circles. So I expect now Pavel, once again, we'll see when Pavelski's back, but if you add Pavelski back to the stars are just going to, it's a, it's a huge advantage for this this Dallas team and something where it's it's not something that like there's a lot of things where you can be like oh let's fix that let's be better at that for whatever reason faceoffs really are kind of a knack a knack for doing it the right way and they are part of a system but in general it's not like all of a sudden be like oh we're just going to get better at this it's an internal battle that's you need to have the right pieces and Dallas hasn't Seattle just doesn't without with 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 their center depth so as we tape this podcast, Sean, Joe Pavelski is skating, and he's skating with Max Domi and Mason Marchment. Uh, that's I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I don't mind that. It's uh, it's a good it's a good place for him to come back in, and we saw we saw Marchment and Domi kind of start to find their game at the end. I thought, obviously we talked after game six against Minnesota, the Marchment goal uh, on the spring from Domi was big. Um, I think Marchment and uh, Marchment and Domi, a big thing for them 
can be having someone like Pavelski who can help facilitate. And that would be the positive of that line. My one concern on all of this is should Pavelski be back with Robertson and Hintz, not because Tyler Sagan isn't playing well, but because we're still looking for that even strength, Jason Robertson, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, we need to see we see to see that. So I can see the logic behind it, um, and with the fact Pavelski was on, I believe he was practicing with the first power play unit. That to me gives heavy indication he's in for tomorrow night, and that would be a welcome uh, boost for Dallas. Who you're getting a guy who is. Obviously, he's coming off a head injury, and you want to be careful and everything like that. But you're getting a guy who's coming in fresh and adds something where other teams at this time are still typically losing pieces. So, does it do coaches play games at this standpoint? What I mean by that is obviously the media is watching the practice, so they're tweeting it out and they're tweeting out the line combo so people in Seattle can see that. And does it matter? Because since Pavelski has played so much with Robertson and Hints, is this maybe a way to get reps just in case they have to put him on that line? Um, I don't think there's, I, I, I don't think it's games. I, I think it's a legit, we're trying it out. Okay. Uh, I, I, it's, this is all so much like, Maybe if you talk about, maybe you want to be cheeky about whether who's going to be in goal or you want to do stuff like that, like coaches do. I just, players know though, right? Like it's just, unless players, players want to have repetition. They want to have consistency. So if, if, if Pavelski's maybe not going to play and you're trying to run for places, maybe that's a solution, but, and, and that's why he's there. But, I, I don't think there's anything more nuanced to this. I think it's simply we're they're trying another line combination because Sagan hints Sagan hints and Robertson, even though Robertson left something to be desired for me offensively, they got the job done last year. Yeah, they so did. maybe maybe this is the way to get to get more of Marchment and Domi. So Yeah. And more of Sagan. I mean Sagan's played quite well in that yeah. role. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Two quickies before we uh, go, because we do like to go around the league and we've gotten some feedback where people say, hey, I love the stars knowledge drops that you guys provide and I'm learning a lot, but I also like to learn about the league. So we haven't talked about the Rick bonus comments following Mm -hmm. um, the Winnipeg loss where he basically criticized uh, the team, specifically team leaders. Blake Wheeler came out and said that Bones had an opportunity to go in the room and talk to us directly but chose not to. So there's the back and forth. My question to you, Sean, do you think Rick bonus is back in division rival Winnipeg next year? Oh, hundred percent. I think yeah. he's, he's, he's definitely the coach there next year. Um, I, I wrote about this. I mean, to me, Rick bonus is, he's not a bad coach. Let's let's like, I think you just have to understand what Rick bonus is. Rick bonus as a head coach is 
best as a crisis manager. He's best. That's what he came into when, when the stars had um, the sudden firing of Jim Montgomery, they needed a crisis manager to come in. They needed, they, uh, they need, they needed a crisis manager. They needed someone who could handle things and put things in the right way. And um, he's a coach that coaches as a, when he's a head coach, to be clear, because there's two different styles of coaching. He has, there's a, um, when Rick bonus is a head coach, he's more of a, narrative driver where he is going to push guys with narrative. He's going to push guys through stories. He's going to push guys in that way through the human side of it. That doesn't mean he's a great tactical coach. He's actually a very good defensive coach. He's very, um, um, somebody once, uh, Rick bonus is, is a uh, hockey's equivalent of, of, of Wade Phillips. He's a great defensive coordinator type coach, but, isn't really a great head coach. And that's what Rick bonus is. Yep. And in, in Winnipeg, he's still going to be there. He's going to get to be the more of the crisis manager next year, which I think when Winnipeg knew was coming and Winnipeg doesn't really get to fully rebuild. They kind of want to work their way through it. And I think Rick bonus will do some of his best coaching in that certain scenario. And you know what? The Jets may still be in the playoffs next year because they're going to be annoying to play against. They're going to be in some games they shouldn't, but they don't have a coach that is going to be the difference for them to be a good team. They just have someone who's good at making average teams annoying and competitive. But it's, and that's just the difference. It's, it's That's just the reality. And they kind and, of have an issue, too, where Blake Wheeler's on a uh, no-movement clause, so he would have to waive that. And the question is, with that salary, um, I believe he's about $8.5 million. You know, can you move him or a Shifley to try to start to get some cap relief and try to get some other players in there. I mean, who's going to pay? I mean, I know that's the thing. Like, yeah. You'd have Blake to, you'd have to not, buy I mean, him it's, out. It's hard, it's, it's hard to buy. It's hard to move Blake Wheeler. And I just, I don't see that happening. I mean, I do wonder that the big, like slow, probably he hasn't said anything because he says the right thing all the time. But I mean, the big one is, Kyle Connors, 26 he's, years old, signed for the next four years yeah, at 7.1 million. Like, I, I, if I'm in any other NHL team, I'm calling Kevin Chevalier off right now and trying to knock his door down and, and get him because a he's sniper in this league who stays healthy. I mean, it, it's it's weird because like everyone knows in Winnipeg, like Pierre Luc Dubois, right? He's got the I believe his, his he's got the six million dollar. He's an RFA. He's an RFA uh, this summer with Arbrights, and he's got a six million dollar qualifying offer. And by he didn't want he didn't want to be in Winnipeg, uh, Columbus, and he was traded to to Winnipeg in the deal for Patrick Alaine. And everyone seemingly, by all accounts, and there seems to definitely to be uh, smoke to their fire to this smoke is. Pierre-Luc Dubois someday wants to play for, he's a Quebec kid who wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens. And he's an RFA this year. And he said in no uncertain terms the other day, having control of his future is important. So he's someone who's probably going to be out the door. Like, I, honestly, if, if I would be surprised Pierre-Luc Dubois is a member of the Jets next year, because I think the Jets as an organization, you have to do right by yourself and trade him while you have the power. And that that question and then the question kind of continues to 
the big one, and this will be the if, whether the difference between Winnipeg's summer being tumultuous and it being just chaotic will be does Connor Hellebuck want to stick around yeah. for in Winnipeg? Because if Connor Hellebuck is available, all of a sudden, and he's an upgrade in goal over for Oof. 20. Uh, 25 between, yeah 25 to 26 teams in the league would instantly look at him as an, as an upgrading goal agreed and uh good to know people dallas is not one of them so yeah that's good. <laughs> uh, that is uh that is very good to know all right so uh yeah, yeah. so if, if he wants to go that will be one of the biggest pieces to move this summer and that will have a ton of other dominoes going all around the league too. The other former stars coach, Jim Montgomery, uh, losing a tough series, amazing season, record breaking season, including a, a winter classic. Uh, so, you know, I mean, just heartbreaking for stars fans that were in the building when Boston came in, um, probably a smile as uh wow, that's a rough bunch that comes in um, when the stars play the Bruins. So my question is, is I personally whether it was a right or wrong decision, I give him a ton of credit for playing Swayman in net. Um, you have potential, maybe even the Vesna Trophy winner in Allmark, who did not play well as the series went along. However, you know, that was your go-to guy. I mean, we were talking, Sean, at one point, even though Connor McDavid was just lighting it up, that could be your MVP of the league. That's how good he was for a, for a time period. So, where you know Patrice Bergeron might not move or might move on, he had tears in his eyes as he was leaving the ice yesterday. Just wanted to get your overall thoughts. Um, I know Boston fans would be disappointed, but I wouldn't think the finger would be pointed at Jim Montgomery. Um, yes and no. Oh, interesting. Gonna, Dive in. I'm gonna. So, I, I I think there's. I think Jen Montgomery got out coached by Paul Maurice in this series. And I agree. One of the, one of the things Jim Montgomery had in his time in Dallas um, in the year, he actually was here all the way through and everything like that. He got, he got out coached in the series against St. Louis by Craig Berube. And in that seven game series in 2019, which um, Ben Bishop's game seven performance almost, almost overcame it. Um, you look at so when it comes to the goaltending situation, for example, I don't know they haven't had their exit interview day, so I don't know what Allmark was playing through. But I I don't mind him going to Swayman for game seven. I, I don't know why he didn't go to him for game six. I don't know why he didn't go to him earlier because Olmark was there was something up with him. You saw how he played all year. You saw he was struggling. You saw a kind of like I don't, I don't want to give credit to the Swayman decision because I think the decision was made too late. The way Swayman played in Game Seven, if they had that goal level of goaltending in in Game Six or Game Five, they're yeah. <laughs> they win the series. So, yeah. um, I also think Montgomery. There was there was times where, and he did the same thing in Dallas, where there's times where a change and a tweak to something that Jim Montgomery will make would make, and they would be effective in the regular season, 
but they aren't in the playoffs. And I and I want to clear to be clear on something. So there's a difference between coaching in the regular season and the playoffs. And the biggest difference is in the regular season, you're really, even though you'll watch some video and, and focus on the opponent, you really don't care about the other team. It, 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 it's the secrets out. It's secrets out. You really don't care about the other team. You care about your own team. You care about doing this and you're not really worried about tweaks impacting the other team. You're just doing it. Okay. How does this coaching adjustment allow me to make my team better? Where in a playoff series, and this is one of the reasons that like Pete DeBoer is an experienced coach, and we've we saw some changes Dallas made in that series in Minnesota, and we saw some changes that Paul Maurice made in the series for Florida, where you're making changes that you're 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 actually have to impact the other team. And I don't know if Jim Montgomery, and this is the great question about Jim Montgomery as a professional coach. I don't know if Jim Montgomery is a great series playoff manager. He had a, he had, uh, he had really good regular season success. Obviously he won a lot of games and that works, uh, came, but he came from the college system where it's not about winning a series. It's about winning. It's about winning one-off games in the NCAA tournament. So once again, all you really have to worry about is focus on yourself. And so we're at this place where, I'm not like saying I don't want to label him as a poor coach or anything like that, but the big question mark about Jim Montgomery going forward is can he out coach someone else in a playoff series? And so thus far in his career, he has not proven that in the NHL. I think he would even admit that probably after uh, if he looked back at it this summer, he would probably even admit that because one of the biggest things for the Bruins this year in this, in the off season going forward, it will be, to figure out what went wrong in that playoff series um, because they were the best team the year all the year, but then they couldn't beat Florida. And I think yeah. something like they lost like 21 games this year or something like that. And six of them, I think were to the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. So, tough, 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 tough matchup. And I give, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I give a lot of credit to Paul Maurice. This is a guy who took a step back in Winnipeg and said, Hey, they're not listening to me anymore. I'm going to step down. I think it's best for the franchise. I give him a ton of credit for that. It might have been his way out of Winnipeg, um, yeah. but I've always liked him as a coach. Um, I think he gets a lot out of his players. And uh, watching Kachuk, you might hate him, but man, can he cause some major oh, havoc? He's... he's just special. I mean, that's I, I, you know, I think Paul Bissonnette brought it up in the uh, post game last night. That series is featuring two of the great American players right now in Austin Matthews and uh, Kachuk. Uh, I think that's a special. One of the tactical things that I thought, and I know it's the, they always do this, but when Florida at the end of the game had the extra skater, I felt as though Boston went into too tight of a box. I felt as though Florida had the opportunity then at that point to kind of set up. Um, whereas prior to that, I thought Boston was doing a really good job as far as negating Florida chances as the clock was winding down. But I mean, yeah, did, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Well, it was the it exact was, play. Yeah, yeah it was basically yeah, they kind of went into, yeah, yeah. they went into a box. Kachuk did a great job behind the net, winning the puck, and you know it led to Bergeron, rightfully so, blocking the shot with the shin guard, and it just happened to go in the right spot. If that shin guard block goes straight ahead, then we might be looking at Boston moving on. But I mean, yeah. that's that's game sevens. That's hockey playoffs where. I mean, we saw one of the goals last night, just a crazy bounce for uh, Seattle scoring a goal. So, 
Um, you know, I mean, these these things happen. And then in overtime, I just thought Florida dominated. I, I was oh, going yeah. to be sad for them if they didn't win that series because I couldn't believe how they came out and just, you know, they had breakaway opportunities. They had several chances to close that game out. So, um, you know, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a great day for game seven watching. I mean, you nailed it when you said sit on the couch, Gavin, cause this is going <laughs> to be good. You nailed yeah. it. I did sit on the couch and I enjoyed <laughs> it thoroughly. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And it's going to be, we get one more tonight. Obviously yep. some people listen to this after that game was played. So, uh, New Jersey versus, uh, New York tonight. Uh, uh, hopefully, uh, it has not been, uh, a great four days for former stars coaches for, so best of luck to Lindy Ruff yeah. tonight breaking that curse. But, uh, and then I'm obviously we'll be focusing heavily on the Dallas Seattle series in here, but I think the, uh, the Vegas Edmonton series is going to oh, be good out West. The, so much fun. The, I think Florida Toronto is going to be good. Um, whoever plays Carolina is going to be good. I mean, the one thing that will be, super interesting to me right now is like because obviously everyone's like everyone's been uh the, the parade's been like like i like the the maple leafs make it past the first round yeah and it, fe- it's, it feels like they've been planning the parade but if they just go get cranked in six games or five games by Florida, yeah. did it really matter yeah <laughs> no i agree be, i, I like, agree i mean they're partying in seattle and partying in toronto and we're only in the second round but yeah. i mean good for those uh franchise well, yeah like it's 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 hilarious that we're putting seattle and toronto on the same level of, <laughs> <laughs> hey you said one of the most profitable franchises uh, in the nhl so why true. not <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right folks the book is called we win here essayed by sean shapiro the definitive essays you need to know about the texas stars curtis mckenzie is a part of that book and curtis mckenzie scored for the texas stars last night as they take a Two to nothing lead over Rockford. So the Texas Stars getting it done as well. So go buy Sean's book. It'll be a great support for uh, Sean, who does amazing work here on Spits and Suds. Appreciate it, Gavin. And you know what? It's going to be fun. To, we got at least four more of these yep. and uh, some post game stuff. And it's been really fun to kind of, uh, it's been really awesome to hear. And I know you pull the numbers and you take a look at that more often than I do. And, and you always give the reports back to me and it's, it's been really fun to see us grow this thing. So to everyone yeah. who's been listening, downloading all that stuff, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be here for you after uh game one tomorrow night. Absolutely. You know, I was on the phone with my parents last night and they asked, you know, how's the dating life? And I said, Spending a lot of late nights with Sean recently, and uh, <laughs> I probably should have rephrased that. <laughs> but that's okay, man. It is a lot of fun, and we will talk to you tomorrow night. Hopefully, we don't say Wednesday morning. Hopefully, tomorrow yes. night after Stars take uh, game one. So it should be a rockin' barn at the AAC. Hey, everyone. As Sean mentioned, thank you so much for listening and supporting Spits and Suds. Uh, the growth continues, and we are so thankful to you. Hashtag playoff cricket, and we will talk to you tomorrow night, everyone.